from the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. You are now tuned into Making the Movement Podcast, a place where you can join ULMS every step of the way on our journey to equity for all. Each month, we'll keep you posted about everything the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle has been up to, including new programs and services, upcoming events, and ways for you to get involved with the movement. We'll even be covering hot topics in our community, inviting special guests to come kick it with us while getting down to the real issues, hosting special giveaways, and more. This is your chance to get up close and personal with us from right here in the heart of the Central District. You are now listening to Making the Movement Podcast. Today, we have a few departments coming in to chat with us about what we have going on here at the Urban League. And next up, we just wanted to bring in our education director to come and talk about some of the programs and services that we currently have going on and um, how you can find out more about where we stand and what things we are focused on when it comes to education. So today, like I said, we have our director of education, Rob Jones, with us. Rob, you go ahead and um, introduce yourself. Hello, uh, my name is Robert Jones. I'm the education director here at Urban League Metropolitan of Seattle. Pleased to be on the program today. Thank you. <laughs> Rob, you're actually the first director that we've had on the show so far. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. To, <laughs> I'm glad that's the case. <laughs> So um, for our new listeners or people who just aren't familiar with our work, can you tell us a little bit about the role of the education department and like what kind of services you guys offer through our education programs? Uh, so role of education department is simply, you know, just all things education. And so what I've uh, what this department has historically done is bridge been sort of conduit for the schools and providing services where the schools are not able to or don't have funding for, we sort of bridge the gap of providing those services in education. So things, you know, around STEM is huge. Things around, you know, just youth development is huge. Social emotional supports are huge. Any assistance that we can provide to the school that pretty much allows youth to complete high school and either be career path ready or college ready. And you guys also provide wraparound services for the parents of the students that you work with as well, right? Absolutely. And so part of the youth being in our program, the family's in our program. And so with the Urban League as a family, there's tons of support and opportunity to provide assistance to those families with the youth that we serve. And so we have, you know, uh, housing, we have workforce development, we have career bridge, we have, you know, all sorts of resources that can be utilized, not just from the youth, but for the youth and the family. One of the programs that the education team has done recently in collaboration with the City of Seattle is finishing the first cohort of our youth web design program. I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what it is and what the goal of the programs were. So what that was is the City of Seattle OED, Office of Economic Development, uh, specifically, has funding that they uh, were utilizing for small minority-owned businesses, businesses of color. And they typically hand out grants to these small businesses, what they were doing. Uh, so this is, they've just completed a second round of, of grant handing out. But they also said, well, here's another way we can sort of help minority-owned businesses is by taking those businesses that do not have 
a online presence and giving them that online presence to sort of help their business because that's the way things are kind of going now, right? It's sort of this online ordering, being able to access businesses online, being able to place the order, and then people will be able to go and pick that up. And so that's where we as Urban League got involved, where it's like, okay, not only are not only do they want to build these websites, but now we want to teach youth about how to build these websites for these minority-owned businesses. And that's where this program sort of took flight, right? So we were able to uh, identify 16 businesses within the Seattle city limits. We were able to get 16 high school age youth, right, to participate in this, all primarily coming from Garfield High School, uh, which is in the heart of the Central District. And they went through a six-week program where they not only uh, designed the website, but they also talked with the business owner to kind of get their vision and kind of put that in an online presence for them to kind of help their business, right? So people can see that uh, we even had the photographer. So everything that was done is you done. And so we had a photographer that went out and took the pictures, was a, a, a junior at Garfield High School that is working to be a photographer. And that's kind of where she's going with that. And, you know, taking the pictures, creating the websites, the domain names, and also helping the business owners who most of them were not necessarily, you know, online, having online savviness or, or uh, online literate, helping them to sort of navigate that and, and show them how they can get their website out and then be able to navigate that by changing pictures, changing content, changing business times, and also being able to accept orders uh, via online as well. This is actually probably one of my most favorite education programs that we've ever done, because as someone who does our website, like I can say 100% that the skills that these kids are learning from being involved with this program are 100% transferable, meaning like they don't have to be stuck working in one specific industry. You can take web design anywhere. You can build websites for doctors, lawyers, nonprofits, whatever the industry may be, there's always going to be a need for people who can do web design and build websites. And so in in high school, they're already starting to get the fundamental skills for this type, type of career that you could really go off and do without having to go to college. And so I think that that is probably one of the most amazing things about this program that I've seen thus far. And, you know, the web, the websites that the kids have made already, if you guys want to check them out, they are on our website. And we'll make sure that we have the link for that in the description for this episode. But these sites are amazing. And these kids really did a great job. And it's definitely worth bringing attention to. And you guys, if I'm correct, you guys have plans to do this again this year, right? Absolutely. So we have plans to do this uh, two more times this year. We actually have a, um, a a way for kids to obtain credit in doing this uh, program as well. And so, yes, so we have this that will have two more cohorts uh, this year and the ability for kids to actually get a CTE credit, 0.5 CTE credit as an elective for high school graduation requirements. Wow, that's really amazing. You kind of already spoke to like how the businesses and the students are selected for the program, but how have you seen this this project really empower the local businesses during a pandemic? 
Uh, well, I see that, you know, one, not having an online presence to having one is, is just huge because now, because people, especially with the stay at home order, uh, where you have to, you know, be at home or just, you know, with the pandemic itself, people just being sort of cautious when they go out, having an online presence and being able to order is just huge because now I guess, you know, individuals can sit at home, they know the restaurant's there, they can go through their menu, uh, they can order, the you know, the restaurant receives, you know, revenue from that and they're staying in business, you know what I'm saying, which is helping them through this pandemic, you know, just all pluses there. I think that this is something amazing that the Urban League is doing within the community, especially for small businesses. I know that the pandemic has created a particularly difficult time for certain businesses. And so for other local businesses that wanted to get involved with you all in a similar kind of opportunity, is there any way that they could get involved? If so, what does that look like? So that's one of the things that we are currently sort of working out and fleshing out. How do we want to have equal opportunity for businesses to participate in this particular uh, project. And so we're working through uh, OED and we're also working through internally our, our processes to figure that out. So uh, at this moment, sort of uh, uh, TBA, but I can tell you in the past, Office of Economic Development reached out to businesses and sort of inquired, right? They sort of put out a questionnaire about, hey, who, you know, has this and who, you know, who has this need or who is interested uh, and they received. And actually it's interesting because I think the issue within itself, right? Meaning that they don't have an online presence, which means that they're not really online savvy is one exactly. of the reasons why there was sort of a small sort of, you know, response back, right? Because we actually ended up having to, I think it was only really 13 businesses who responded right mm -hmm. and so we actually have to go out and get the rest of the businesses right uh to make it a total of 16. actually we had 17 and one was unresponsive through a lot of the social media outlets like we they have an ig page we messaged them hit them on facebook email call nothing so i think that within itself created some issues so we're really taking that in into consideration to say well if they're not, you know, online savvy or they don't know, you know, they'll have an online presence and we're basically using an online tool to reach out to them. How can we reach out to them so that they become online savvy? So all of that is in the works uh, right now to uh, to get that sort of hashed out and figure out what that's going to look like. So. Yeah, well, till we have like a formalized process to meet the business owners where they are in terms of getting them pulled in, they can go to our website on our contact page and just submit a message and let us know that you're interested. And we will take that and get that to Rob so that when, when we are able to formally bring on new businesses on board or put, bring them into the fold, then he'll have a list of people who he can already reach out to that are interested. And you can do that from our website and we will make sure that we have the link as well for that in the description for this episode. So that's pretty much what we wanted to bring you here to talk about rob did you have anything else that you wanted to like mention for the people to know like either whether that's current work projects that you have in the works or future things coming down the pipeline just anything that you wanted to touch base on before we wrap it up yeah we have several things that we're uh <laughs> in the works with and so we have internships that we are going to be starting this year so we have 
digital marketing class uh, that we're going to be starting. Uh, we have uh, Youth Green Corps, which is a uh, entry level work on the job training for entry level skills to work with Seattle Parks and Rec. We also have some work we're doing with Ajax for apprenticeships. And we also have uh, mentoring that we're gonna be doing within the schools as well. And so we also are gonna be looking at doing some uh, internship training. So career exploration coupled with internships. And so what that means is now youth, you know, a lot of youth don't know kind of what they wanna do and here we have a very great system that it wants you to determine, hey, I want to do this or do that. There's a clear pathway, right, to get there. Uh, a lot of times youth don't know what they want to do. And so the career exploration and internship program is something in which that we're going to teach youth about what career exploration is, talk to them about how to look for careers and decide how to get information and how to research. Also coupled with work readiness skills. So what is it to go to work, right? Interviewing skills, what are transferable skills, how to interview, how to dress for success. And not only that, but how to go to work, right? And so oftentimes we've learned that individuals can get a job when they're pressed to get one, uh, but keeping that job has been a challenge, right? And so we're gonna talk to them about, you know, in the beginning is if you do your proper assessment and you understand who you are, and you understand how to find careers, then the likelihood of you retaining that job is higher than you just going into a work where it's just based off the money, right? Absolutely. And I don't have any money, I'm going to work, right? And then you don't like the job. And so that's what this program is designed for. And not only that, but there's going to be visits with like uh, employers, you know, and, and uh, training facilities, as well as internships. So once we sort of go through that and have identified, oh, I have a particular interest in XYZ job, then we're giving them an internship at that particular, you know, occupation or industry cluster. So they can actually do a paid internship to see if this is something that they really like. Uh, so those are things that we have coming down the uh, pipe for education. So. Thank you. That's amazing. Right. I was in here like, wow, I didn't even know that we had all this stuff going on. That is really amazing. And yes, we will have all of that great information on our website once our education website is updated with all the information with our future events. Just keep updated with our website and our socials. Yeah, definitely. And again, if you guys have any questions for Rob or if you have any questions for about any of the programs that we talked about today, you can definitely go to our contact us page on our website and send us a message and we'll make sure that we get you connected. So thank you, Rob, for joining us and just chatting with us about everything that you guys have going on. Absolutely. I appreciate you for having me on. So thank you. So this month, we wanted to make sure that we brought to you guys the most relevant information in terms of political awareness. Recently, we had an inauguration and we have someone new leading the country now. So we wanted to bring our civic engagement team here at the Urban League to tell us what we are focusing on here as an organization. So to start us off, um, we're going to have Maya Manis introduce herself. Maya? Hi everyone, I'm Maya. I'm the advocacy organizer here at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. Hi everyone, this is Nairay. I'm the civic engagement organizer at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. 
And thank you guys so much for being here. We just wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions, you know, no biggie. And let's just start with the basics. So uh, either one of you can answer what really is like the role of our civic engagement team? I think that this is something amazing that the Urban League is doing within the community, especially for small businesses. I know that the pandemic has created a particularly difficult time for certain businesses. And so for other local businesses that wanted to get involved with you all in a similar kind of of opportunity is there any way that they could get involved if so what does that look like can you tell us a little bit more about
So this month, we wanted to make sure that we brought to you guys the most relevant information in terms of political awareness. Recently, we had an inauguration and we have someone new leading the country now. So we wanted to bring our civic engagement team here at the Urban Link to tell us what we are focusing on here as an organization. So to start us off, um, we're going to have Maya Manis introduce herself. Maya? Give. 
We have one more guest on the show today, and obviously you guys know this is Black History Month. We definitely want to highlight some of our community partners and just the things that are going on in the city that you guys all need to be aware of. So today we have someone really, really special, and I don't want to take any juice. Go ahead and have him introduce himself, Mr. Eduardo Jordan. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm Eduardo Jordan, chef of June Baby Restaurant, Solari, and Lisa the Grain Bar here in Seattle. And I was just about to ask you, that was gonna be my first question. For those who aren't familiar with your restaurants or just like the type of vibe and how you approach your food and things like that, could you just briefly like give them a little overview? Like I know you got some awards under your belt, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I do a horrible job of boasting about myself. So I'll, I'll try to do a little, a better job than I normally do. So I have three restaurants. Um, Solari Restaurant was my first restaurant. Uh, it's my first restaurant. Solari represents my culinary journey. I was trained in French, worked in some great, amazing French restaurants. Love Italian cuisine, worked in some great Italian restaurants. I'm from the South. So it blends a, a little of all of those cooking techniques and cuisines together with influences from the Pacific Northwest. I call it my culinary journey. June Baby is a nod to my ancestors my mom, my grandmother, the foods that I grew on, the roots, my foundation of cooking, tells the, the good and bad about Southern food, soul food, just the history of the South is kind of presented on a, on a plate. And then Lucinda Grain Bar is kind of like the full circle little bar, restaurant, and pastry commissary kitchen that we have. It works to kind of bring all the restaurants together. It's like the little sister, and it's actually named after my little sister. Oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, know that either. Yeah, and that's, that's some insight for those who didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, trivia but, questions. Right, right. <laughs> so Black History Month is here, and we have finally arrived. And Black history and culture has always had a presence in your restaurants, just kind of like you just described. And so also within your food and your culinary products. But what we wanted to ask is, why is that important for you to, for you to have that celebration? Why is, it, why is it significant to you specifically? Well, I mean, one, I'm black, so I think I need to be <laughs> proud, black and proud, and telling the stories of my ancestors. I think as a person of color, I think we often are shamed, we often are put down, and we often don't have a microphone to express and tell our stories. I, you know, was a product of this country, and the the the, the shortcomings that come along with, with being a person of color where you don't get that microphone. I've also been blessed over time 
to finally be able to have a microphone that I'm able to share my story and have a platform that I'm able to talk about the good and the bad. And so it's, it's, it's super important that when we get the opportunity to share our stories that we do, it allows people to have a better understanding of who we are, what we've been through, have a better appreciation for each other, respect is all built by understanding history, respecting history. And if we don't get the opportunity to tell our history, somebody else is going to tell it and it's always going to be distorted and not right. So, Absolutely. so this month we wanted so to make sure that we brought February, to you guys the most you relevant had information. A special event called the Solar Seattle and it was recently one of the most talked about. We have someone new leading the country now. COVID. So we wanted to bring our civic <laughs> engagement here at the Urban to tell us by the what pandemic. we're focusing will on here as an organization. So to start us off, and if so, like how will that be different to accommodate the virtual climate we're in? Yeah, I mean, it was a big debate in 2020. We we put on an amazing event with the Urban League and thank you to the Urban League for um, jumping aboard and making sure that this event happened. It was a celebration of bringing people together, especially the chefs of color in the city, um, bringing a little bit of publicity to them, bringing a little bit of support and also supporting our youth of color and organizations that empower them like the Urban League and Rainier Scholars. And so, you know, it was an amazing event, super talked about, sold out super fast. And we was re- we were ready and thought we had a template to run with for 2021 and then pandemic kicked in. So, you know, as a small business owner, I struggled and, and suffered in 2020. And I put a lot of attention to my businesses. Introduce and thought, yourself, like, Maya. We're not going to pull this off for next year because we can't bring people together. Um, we can't have that big congregation and party and celebration. Um, and then we realized that this um, the virtual platform has been the thing of 2020. And we started putting our brains together and came up with the fact that the soul of Seattle needs to live on. We can't let the pandemic in this does. amazing event. Um, more than anything, we need to support these small black business owners, especially the restaurateurs and chefs in this city, because it's already a hard industry. And if anything, the, the youth of color are suffering even more. So for us to cancel this, this event would be an injustice to our community and a disservice. So we are moving to a virtual format this year and we're excited that we get to kick it off and tickets are on sale now. People can go to www.theseattlesoul.com for more information and to get tickets and to experience all the amazing activities we have lined up throughout the month. And we're excited to be supportive of our community again and also organizations that are um, taking care and empowering our youth and the youth of color. So you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but like you said, a lot of businesses are canceling events due to the pandemic. And you guys decided to go ahead and do a virtual format. You stated the importance of it, but how how was that transition going from physical format to virtual? What what did that look like for you and why was it important to maintain it, even if it was still going to be virtual? (laughs) <laughs> what did it look like? We had no clue. It was like someone <laughs> put a bag over our head and said, start walking, figure it out. Um, and that's what it was because like, you know, I'm, my business format is built on having people in spaces. Like my restaurant is for people walking through the door, right. sitting down and celebrating and breaking bread. And so to say like, we're going to eat dinner over the computer. We're going to have a demonstration over the computer. You know, all of that was just like a big daunting task. And I actually had to call on a lot of people to kind of help us navigate how do we pull this off. And we had to hire a production team. We did a lot of videoing, a lot of B-rolling, a lot of interviewing. Um, And we're essentially making many documentaries every week of these amazing chefs and, and businesses that are in our city 
so that people have awareness. And at the same time, we're offering dinner experiences that people can pick up from these locations. So it's essentially going to end up becoming a dinner and a show each Friday during the month of February. So we're excited. And I think the, the, the most amazing thing about this virtual format is that we also get to reach so many more people. We are not just targeting Seattle. We get the ability to reach out to people across this entire nation and maybe even the world yeah. um, who wants to tune in and understand what we're going through in Seattle, who we are in Seattle and, and, and the direction that we're going in um, as a city. That actually, like, all of that sounds amazing. Like, the things that you were talking about, I'm just sitting here like, which one of those would be, like, the best? Actually, let's go ahead and ask you. So, of all the activities <laughs> that you have slated for the month, like, which one do you feel like people would be the most excited about or, you know, should definitely try to look out for to be a part of? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good question. That's a tough question. It's kind of like having um, four <laughs> or five kids and say, which one's the best one? And you don't say that in public, right? <laughs> You know, I, we have an amazing lineup of events going on. We're featuring these amazing restaurants with demos and demonstrations. And I think people get the opportunity to, you know, pick and choose what they want to experience. But what I would encourage is that, you know, people try and experience everything. Have packages available so that you can um, purchase just the the demonstrations and the panel and the, and the dance party experience without purchasing the food. We have packages that you can get them food and the experience. So um, we have different price levels to kind of meet different different needs. But there's just so many amazing things. We're bringing in Quest Love to do a DJ set with us because we had a dance party last year. We figured we're going to have a dance party this year. Wow. Um, we, we got Sabrina Tinsley of Vega doing a demonstration and supplying the food. We have a national panel with uh, Marcus Samuelson, um, yeah. Eric Ijapan, Mashama Bailey, some of the biggest names in this industry as Black culinary leaders. And so you get to hear our story. I'll be on the panel too and our experiences and the struggles that we've been through. We've been through similar and also some differences. And so you know, to hear the different aspects of what like a Black woman chef goes through compared to a Black male chef, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to learn like, wow, the struggle is real, you know. And just understand like what we what we go through. So to be honest, it's hard to pick one one because like it's going to be a different experience on different levels and you're going to get to interact on different levels and have a different experience. So, so for those who want to find out what these events are and choose for themselves which one they want to go to, how can um, they get involved? Where can they find the schedule of events, purchase tickets, things like that? Yeah, so definitely all the information is on our website, theseattlesoul.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, The Soul of Seattle, and Instagram, The Soul of Seattle. And so for other local businesses that wanted to get involved that we have going on, a similar kind of opportunity, is there any way they could get involved? We have boxes curated from all black wineries across the nation that we're going to sell, have to sell on the website. We're going to have some beautiful auction items that ability to just donate you know we're raising a lot of money for good causes and we want to make sure more than anything that our black restaurants and establishments are here in 2022 23 24 if not seattle's going to lose some um, fabric 
that is part of their communities that we're going to end up being that old bland salmon in coffee bean city again and we're more than that we've been working so hard not to just be seen as like a two two-step city we're, we're so diverse now and we need to embrace that and we need to express it and we need to continue growing rather than going backwards so well, Eduardo, thank you so much for coming today and letting us chat with you for a little while. That's really the extent of the questions that we had, but I did want to give you an opportunity if you wanted to say anything or mention anything that you haven't already had a chance to address just for the FYI of the people. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, you know, our community needs to realize in the city of Seattle and just like, I don't know, even just speaking to the nation is that, you know, we got to support these small businesses. If we do not, small businesses will not be here and our cities are going to look entirely different when you have these big box locations, every corner dictating what our city looks like, the culture, the diversity, the identity of our cities are going to be lost if we're not putting it back. And so. You know, a good friend of mine, Laura, at the Intentionalist says, spend like it matters, you know, put that money back into your community mm-hmm. um, and think about that <laughs> next time you, you, you go out. So Black and, History and Month is here. And we push, have finally you know, arrived and Black History and culture has always your, your had a presence like, in your restaurants, just kind of like you just described. And, and so them, also within you know, your food your culinary products, takeout tonight and support what we wanted to ask is why is that important for you to... For you to have that celebration, so, why is it why know, is it significant to pay you? Pay it forward, put it forward. You know, spend well, like I mean, it matters. One, give back, support. You know, that's the biggest thing that I'm preaching right now. Yeah, well, thank you. I think that's all we have for today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, very excited. We to show very excited. And if you guys had even a little bit of participation in, in last year's events, Soul Seattle, all of the dinners and things that Eduardo had going on last year, then I already know you're going to love what's going on this year because he always takes it to the next level. I'm always surprised by what you're doing. So make sure you guys go get those tickets. Definitely make sure that we include that link to the website in the description for the episode. Yes, we will. Thanks for having me and um, have a blessed year this year. It's it's super important that, that when we get the opportunity to share our stories that we do, it allows people to have a better understanding of who we are, what we've been through, have a better appreciation for for each other, respect is all built by understanding history, respecting history, 